Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Make Things Make Sense. Today, we're making sense of wellness at work. We believe that all businesses, small and large, should focus on wellness. Not only for your team's benefit, but for the mental well-being of those you surround yourself with day-to-day and to build a positive workplace culture. As Josh and I discussed in episode 22 last year, we really learned how to grow through the tough times. We grew through the pains. Both of us having put our personal well-being on the line due to immense stress, both work and personally. Since then, we've made it our goal to prioritize wellness at work for ourselves and our team, ensuring that the impact ripples back through our social lives and positively on our communities. Josh, in his role as the CEO, is really focused on our company culture and has dug deep into the connections of wellness and that culture. In today's episode, Josh will walk us through his findings and share with you how we, as a small business, are going to implement these changes for our team and what we hope to get out of it. Josh, how can wellness be categorized or broken down? Hey, Alex. Um, That's a really great question. Um, When you think about wellness off the cuff, uh, you probably have already a preconceived definition of of what that looks like or feels like. Um, I know personally, looking at wellness, I, I sort of categorized it more in terms of uh, like the likes of yoga and eat and like eating healthy and doing like mindfulness and sort of that was how I packaged wellness. Uh, but then with like Alex said, us kind of sacrificing our own our own wellness uh, for the sake of both uh, the business and and other priorities at the time, we've we've made a commitment to not get back to that stage again. And in doing so, I I really wanted to broaden the the spread of wellness that we look into both as personal as, as individuals and as a business. And looking into the categorization of wellness, the best uh, model that I have found is the eight dimensions of wellness. And if you picture it like a pizza, you have a pizza of eight slices and for it to be a good pizza, you need all eight slices. Same for like wellness, holistic wellness, you need each of these eight uh, categories to be catered to. Those are emotional wellness, occupational, intellectual, environmental, financial, social, physical, and spiritual. So those are the eight dimensions of wellness. I love how you've learned and shared with me and the team and everyone else now listening that to me, what was an abstract word being the word wellness, you know, a bit of a buzzword sometimes actually can be categorized because as I always say, or maybe not always say, but always think, you know, if it can be measured, it can be done. So taking something as abstract as that and breaking it down. And on previous podcasts and conversations you and I have had, I'm a huge believer that work-life balance is kind of dangerous when you're trying to imagine balancing the two. I think, you know, work is a large part of your life, but life is the larger brackets and work is part of the equation that goes into it, like your relationships, like your friends, your socialization, your health and all of those items. So it seems to me that if we do move away from thinking about this work-life balance, but that there is wellness instead of it, maybe I could even replace work-life balance with with your general wellness. I feel that as business owners, us or even managers and, and people that are listening in, 
may be semi-responsible for the parts of wellness at work, but yeah. then also the the employees or team members or each individuals, even ourselves, are are responsible for it. So the question I'm leading to is. If we remove our mind of work-life balance and start looking at wellness of ourselves as overall human beings and just knowing that life is getting faster, more stressful with everything else that's going on, and now we can have these eight categorization points, which of those do you feel we as the, as the business are more, let's say, in, not in charge of, I don't, I don't want to use those kind of like ownership words, but that we can influence which parts of those eight points can a business influence and which part should be totally up to the person to influence or change for themselves. There are some dimensions of wellness that are much more blatantly and obviously connected to your role as an employer and, and as a business. And those would definitely go into the occupational intellectual and financial wellness i mean that's that's a given but on a deeper look i believe that the role of the workplace in wellness is increasingly significant and like you said work-life balance slash wellness if we can as a business or as businesses anyone listening into this podcast can prioritize the wellness of their people they are going to have a happier uh, environment and a happier company. So I think I should uh, go through each one of those eight dimensions on on the on the holistic wellness, and uh, give a couple of tips that are applicable to you both in your work and in your uh, personal life. Looking at the first one being emotional wellness. Uh, this is really a- awareness of your feelings and also the ability to express them constructively. Uh, when you know not only how you feel, but why you're feeling that way. And then you're able to talk about that with people you trust. You build deeper connections with others. And some tips here that I find really helpful are just taking a moment to myself, quieting my mind, reflecting, and really seeking and accepting help when you need it. Like the superhero in me says, I can do it myself. But the emotional uh, uh, emotional wellness aware person asks and accepts help when when needed i think maybe at first when i was listening to that i felt like okay this emotional wellness is totally up to the individual and not as an employer and i think as you go through these points i'm going to think what impact we could have and i really believe that because we focus so much on our personality tests um, you know whether it's the disc profiles or five voices and and really learning about that having self-awareness enables you to get more in touch with the type of character type that you are and therefore your emotions if you subscribe to those train of thoughts. So I think that's one area in which us as employers can help, which is help our team be more self-aware so that they can be more in touch with their emotions. And it's also about creating a safe space for these sorts of discussions to happen around how we're feeling and when we need help and support and also accepting mistakes and learning from them. So it's very much about the environment you create alongside that. The second dimension of wellness, occupational wellness, this is quite intrinsically connected to the workplace. This is about having work that challenges us, that brings us satisfaction and also feels meaningful, giving us a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. This ties quite closely into the third dimension of wellness which is intellectual this is really about the curiosity we have to learn new things to expand our 
intellectual abilities, our knowledge to create things that inspire us and also to share that knowledge through mental stimulation. So tips for here are really in occupational wellness, set career goals for yourselves, work towards accomplishing them, know what you're looking to achieve. And in intellectual, it's really favorable to do things outside of your direct role, like attend a conference or a training course on something relevant or, or, or detached from what you do day to day, hobbies, travel, experience, all these are great to fulfill your intellectual wellness. As Jim Collins teaches us in his book, Good to Great, I feel that as the employers here, what we can contribute is making sure we have the right people and the right seats on the bus. Um, and that's how we can ensure that people are gonna feel the right occupational kind of and intellectual challenges. Whereas if we not clear on having the right people, that's probably how we can detract from that wellness. So as an employer building the right team that sticks together and gels together to probably alleviate the company culture or elevate the company culture as well is going to be part of that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It feels right when you're with the right people. Next up, we look into environmental wellness. Maintaining a commitment to a healthy planet, taking part in any form of activities that preserve nature, the air, the water. This is really closely linked to our personal wellness too. So here we like to provide opportunities to, to do good to the planet. Financial wellness, good financial health is pretty critical to the feeling of security and contentment. Financial stress is also often linked with health problems. So here the role is to have clear uh, growth and progression also to, uh, as, a, as a person, to review your expenses and plan ahead and set budgets. These are really good tips to, to secure financial wellness. Social wellness, what you may think would be what I thought was about parties and events, uh, it's actually about being able to build and nurture deeper and meaningful relationships with people, peers, communities that support us. And this is essential to our well-being too. Uh, we intrinsically want to care for others and we also want, would like others to care for us. Some tips here are to keep in touch with friends, family, participate in networks, communities, even volunteer for a cause that you care about. And the last two, physical wellness and spiritual wellness. Physical wellness is about having a healthy and fit body, uh, living with habits that are conducive to a positive lifestyle, eating foods that make you feel good, exercising and taking good care of yourself. This will help us feel more energetic and healthy and fit. And spiritual wellness, this is the deeper uh, purpose, finding meaning, inspiration, and value in who we are, what we do, what we believe. And here we look into being really connected with our inner self and being open to practice ex acceptance and deepen our understanding of ourselves and what we really care about. This is the one I'm least comfortable talking about, as you can probably tell, but I've found some pretty expert help and tools which which are being uh, very helpful in this eighth dimension of wellness for me. I wish I had more information on it right now, but there was in terms of the social one, you know, about building key relationships. I think it was around 2017 where there was a Harvard study that came out 
Um, at this point in time, this study had been going on for like 80 something years and it proved that being part of a community and developing relationships actually helps us live longer and be happier. I know they had really gone deep into studying um, different tribes of people that have the longest length of time and uh, lifespan and understanding where their mental well-being was coming from. I believe there's also a couple of documentaries on it. I remember this information coming to me and it is really just about building key relationships and, and maintaining them for happiness and, and surviving with your community. So it's really nice to see that um, come back here. And another angle of this is that if you've gone through the eight points we are also as a company, and I think this will be our next podcast, really going to try an experiment, which we'll talk more about at the end of this podcast, but we're going to try a, a, well, an international experiment and be part of it. Taking, to, taking it to the next level and really showcase, like really showing our priority towards wellness. Yeah, very exciting. We'll, be, we'll, we'll share more about that at the end, right? Sure. So now that we've understood the eight parts of it and... To a certain degree, we can say that, you know, I thought you'd answer the question with, oh, we're accountable for some and they're accountable for some. I think it's just overall, we're all, if it's a Raki model, accountable and responsible for our own wellness and the wellness of those around us, regardless of whether we are an employee or an employer. How can we go about improving wellness for ourselves and for those around us? In order to improve anything, we need to have an understanding of where we are at, at a starting point. And that it's different people have different needs and goals and priorities when it comes to their wellness and what they're working on right now. So the first thing that is essential is to communicate and to understand and to have that conversation with the people that you care about in your team, the people that you are seeking to help improve in holistic wellness now there are certain tools that are super powerful and we've developed i've developed a toolkit of several apps that have been absolutely influential in helping me some focusing on my morning routine my meditation training my brain uh, with some some quizzes and there's some really cool technology out there but the human element is in speaking and understanding. In order to measure something, in order to improve something, it helps to measure it. And um, what we did here at Growth Gurus is we did a measure of our company culture. We measured our company culture based on five key components. And that's like a benchmark where we can develop and improve on it. Some of the tools that we use have their own data and their own tracking, but really it's about communication, understanding, and leveraging tools, technology, and experts in order to achieve the bigger goal. And I'd just like to add in here that, um, you know, wellness and wellness programs are in businesses, you know, small ones that we're talking about because we are a small company, we're able to implement and, and experiment with these things. But just on some brief research I've done is, you know, Google have their Google's wellness program. Uh, it's called G Wellness and it offers employees a range of resources and activities such as on-site fitness classes, meditation, mindfulness sessions, healthy food options, um, on-site physicians. And I think, you know, Salesforce does something very, very similar with what's called Be Well. LinkedIn also have a wellness program, again, with their own 
on-site wellness facilities, gyms, wellness rooms, etc. There's Patagonia who do things a bit differently and they have what they've implemented is called the wellness benefit and they offer their employees up to $2,000 per year to spend on activities that support their physical, emotional and spiritual well-being. Um, Airbnb also have one called well-being at work. So it seems overall what's what's making these wellness programs effective is their focus on offering a range of resources, not just trying to fix one problem, whether it's financial or, or, or mental well-being, etc. It's like you said, it's if there are the eight points of it, it's being able to provide support or understanding in those eight areas, which is very, very, you know, we're in a very different place of business that we were like 10, year, 10 years ago, because these are not really the conversations or the topics you'd be learning about. But it feels like the world and the work world is becoming so much more human, especially now that employees have so much more choice as well of where to work through the digital age. So putting wellness first is huge in, in, many, in many angles. With this in mind, being, I know you've touched on this, but I'm not sure if you want to dive into it any further, but being a small company the size of us, how can we measure wellness and the impact of what we're doing? Yeah, well, what we're using right now is our company culture score, which is a snapshot. We're using the smiley system, the smiley ratings uh, across five questions, and that gives a good indication across the wellness of the business holistically. But on an individual level, I've had conversations with um, with our team on what they are individually looking to improve. And what we're setting up is, is like the Guru Wellness Club, which may be rebranded soon. We're, we're, we're looking into some new brand names for the Guru Wellness Club, where anyone can be a part of it who's in our team. And we will have sort of dedicated uh, objectives and goals and measure them. And it will be largely conversational on a one-to-one -one level and then using our culture rating on a anonymous and company-wide level. So those are the two scorings that we're doing. I'll be fully transparent. This is something quite new that we've implemented. I don't pretend to have all the answers or many, many years of experience in running these kinds of uh, initiatives, but it's something I'm very, very excited about, hence uh, putting it forward as a topic for this podcast. And I would like to share a follow-up podcast once we have more, um, maybe in a year or two, we can share a follow-up on how we've all grown individually and as a business, because I really do believe taking a holistic approach to wellness is synonymous with holistic growth. On the next episode, we're going to talk about how we are going to leverage the four-day work week to really find out how we can change our team's lives and our own forever, really with the idea of wellness coming in. Josh, is there any free resource or something you'd like to share for today? Yeah, look, I touched on this toolkit. I, I probably uh, underplayed it in the, in the podcast, but I've explored all of the best apps that I can think of that I've, te I've tested them uh, profusely. And I would love to, if anybody would like this wellness toolkit, which consists of a range of apps, just reach out to me and I will give it to you with an open heart and lots of love. It has really helped me a lot. These tools help me a lot. I use them every day, most of them. And so, yeah, the toolkit is our giveaway. Reach out to me and I would give it to you uh, right away. So to reach out to Josh, just send an email with the subject line wellness tools to josh, J-O-S-H, at growthgurus.com. Thank you so much, Josh. It's awesome to have you back on the air. Yeah, it's been a massive pleasure. 
And to everyone listening, we hope you've been educated, entertained, and therefore edutained. We appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. Please share this with one person you know needs to hear it. Mm-hmm.